Let's open our Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, first of all. John chapter 11. And there we'll read the verses 1 to 16 and then 12, 1 to 8. And all these, these passages have to do with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and the Lord Jesus, of course. So we begin with John 11, verse 1, and this is the Word of God. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who had anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the, brothers sent to, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two, day, two more days in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of his, this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And you know how the chapter goes on that the Lord Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Then we go on to chapter 12. We'll jump ahead to 12, the first eight verses. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the, his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So far the Bible reading, let's turn now to the text for the sermon. And that is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village. 
And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So far, the text for the sermon. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, boys and girls too. So Jesus went to Bethany to the house of a woman named Martha. It was her house, it says. And her sister Mary and brother Lazarus apparently lived in the house with her. Maybe they were unmarried siblings, or maybe all three were widowed. We don't know for sure what the circumstances were. What we do know is they were all three of them beloved friends of the Lord Jesus. Wonderful to know that these three people welcomed the Lord Jesus into their home and that Jesus loved to be with them. And you see that, that in this, that the Lord Jesus empathizes with those for whom life goes in the general direction of most believers, love, engagement, marriage, and children, but he also enjoys being with the singles, the widowed. So Jesus came to Martha's house where Mary and Lazarus also lived. However, in his interactions with them, such as in our text, he teaches us what we as his people today ought to consider the most important thing in life. In, in our lives. Via Martha and Mary, he teaches us to choose the good part. And that's our theme for this morning. Jesus teaches us to do, choose the good part. And this sermon has three parts then. First, Jesus and Martha. Secondly, Jesus and Mary. And thirdly, Jesus and us. First of all, then, Jesus and Martha. Congregation at some time then during his travels, Jesus dropped into Martha and Mary and Lazarus in Bethany. And a visit like that brought a lot of work to a household such as that Jesus' disciples would be there, 13 people suddenly all at once drop in. And in those days, you know, they couldn't phone ahead, so they couldn't let them know, well, we're on the way and we'll be there in such and such a time. No. It's quite understandable then that Martha was pretty flustered and busy trying to uh, take care of her guests in, in her house. You can imagine her going back and forth into kitchen and living room and then dining, dining room. Drinks, food had to be prepared. She was pretty busy with it all, and, and yet Jesus admonishes her, Martha, Martha. You might ask yourself, congregation, what was so wrong of Martha to be busy with all those things for her special guests? Wouldn't be good if she didn't take care of them, right? If the house was messy, there were no drinks, nothing for the guests to eat. Not good if there's no organization in regards to those things. You wouldn't feel welcome there. But Martha's problem wasn't that she was so busy serving in her house. Her problem was that she was busy 
with those things at the wrong time. Jesus was in her house, and at that moment, he was teaching. He was teaching about the kingdom of heaven. When it mentions Mary hearing Jesus' word, and you notice it says his, his word, singular, collective, it means Jesus' teaching. He was at that moment teaching, and he wasn't always teaching. There were times when he would eat and drink and relax and have a conversation. But at that time, he was there in Martha's house, and he was teaching. And when Jesus teaches, then only one thing is important, and that is to listen to what he has to say. Congregation, it's the same today, right? Jesus comes by to visit and to teach today too at certain times. And then you can think in the first place of the worship services in church. You see, the, the office bearers are the representatives of Jesus Christ himself. He appointed them to their offices. The elders, the eyes and ears of the Lord. The deacons are the Lord's hands. And the minister is his mouth. And via the office bearers, Jesus, you can say himself, calls the congregation to come together, to worship him, to hear his word. And via that word, the Lord Jesus then comes here and is among us here. And then when he comes among us on a Sunday, then it's no time to be busy with all kinds of other things, is it? No matter how beneficial those things may be, no matter how important you think those other things might be. Of course, there are things like taking care of the sick or the infirm, going out to extinguish fires, policing the roads. Those are necessary things for some people to be busy with also on the Sunday. But everything else should make way for being with the Lord Jesus in worship. You're not just with each other, but with him here. And you're here to listen to his teaching. Oh, it can be tempting to be busy with other things on a Sunday, say on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe harvest that field while it's nice weather or prepare that essay that has to be handed in to the teacher on Monday. Maybe go boating instead of being in the Sunday worship service. But via the office bearers, Jesus is here, comes here on Sundays. And then there's nothing more important in your life, nothing more necessary for you to do than to listen to his teaching. When he teaches, all other activity is less important and we need to be at his feet, listening humbly to what he has to say because he has the words of life. In verse 41, Jesus describes Martha's state of mind at the time. He says to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. You see, that's what was behind her her being flustered with all her busyness. She was worried and troubled about what needed to be prepared for her guests 
And it's important to be responsible and welcoming. You need to take responsibility for health, family, your farm, your job. But to be worried and troubled about all those things is, means you can't let them go. You're, they're always on your mind. You can't get away from them. Even if you've completed the tasks at hand and can't change anything anymore, you still worry over them. They occupy your mind. And then it's as if everything depends on you. Actually, then you're in a frame of mind which leaves God and His providential care and keeping out of the picture. Worried and troubled about many things. You can't let things go. They go round and round in your head and you don't come to rest. And that's how you can be in worship on a Sunday too. Troubled and worried about many things. You can be physically present, but mentally you're somewhere else. And all those thoughts and worries in your head, they mute the voice of your Savior in his word so that you're not really involved in the service not hearing Jesus words not at his feet and that's something we all have to think about also when we're here that we're so busy and preoccupied and worried about all kinds of things around the house and working with social activities and so on we can't let our minds rest on Sunday That we can't put ourselves to rest when Jesus comes to work to, in our worship services to teach. That all the things we didn't take time to process, process mentally or emotionally during the week, still we carry them in the door when we come here and we're still busy with them as we sit here. Still mad at your spouse for what they did or what they said, still worrying about how you're going to finance that new piece of machinery on the farm or in your business, or how you're going to finish your school project on time. The thing is, congregation, you need to live in such a way during the week that you regularly give things over to the Lord in prayer. And the more regularly you do that, and leave it, you, the more it stays with him too. You can leave it there. And then your mind and heart will be prepared to listen to Jesus' teaching on Sunday. Actually, you have to keep the Sunday in mind all week long. You need to deal with everything during the week in such a way that you come under the proclamation of the gospel with a quiet heart and mind ready to accept the Lord's instruction and guidance for your life. Oh, Martha was busy. Martha was busy with good things. Serving the Lord Jesus and his disciples, making sure everybody was comfortable. It says that she was distracted with much serving. And the, the Greek word used in the text for serving is diaconia. And you recognize the word deaconry in that. Lots of opportunity for, for that kind of serving in the church and in the world. And thankfully, a lot of people busy themselves with diaconal type activities, serving the Lord and his kingdom and his church. 
Martha was busy with good work like that. But we see in the text that you can also be so busy with serving and doing those good things that you walk right by the Lord Jesus and you don't hear his voice anymore on Sundays or with family devotions. And that's possible. Activism. You're so busy for the Lord and his church and his kingdom and charity and outreach and your neighbor that you figure that it all depends on you and you no longer take the time to listen to Jesus' actual teaching. I'll organize this, I'll fix that, make sure that happens. And then it can upset you as it did Martha that others are not as involved as you are. And that you get so little recognition for all you do. And that can all go around in your heart and your head and you end up in a vicious circle of doing more and becoming more anxious and to put out more and then feeling more pressured to do even more and feeling more troubled all the time. It's a vicious circle. And that kind of activism can be a damper on your life with Jesus. So busy you end up walking right by him. Unable to sit quietly and listen to him. And then you miss the good part that Jesus talks about in the text. Jesus wants us to hear him and so live in our hearts. And then we come to the second part of the sermon, Jesus and Mary. So that's Jesus and Martha, now Jesus and Mary. Luke tells his congregation that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching, listening to him. Later on, the apostle Paul would say too that he had sat at the feet of Gamaliel as, a, as his teacher, a great Pharisee. And then you see, in those days, it was the custom that the teacher would stand on a sort of stage or podium in front of his students, and those students then sat cross-legged on the floor, eyes sort of even with the teacher's feet, can imagine students here that things would be like that in your classroom today in those days it was normal still is in a lot of places in Africa today students sitting at the feet of the teacher on the floor Mary sat at the Lord's feet like that as attentive student then listening to the instruction of our highest prophet and teacher who has fully made known to us the will of God concerning our redemption. That's what we confess in the catechism. He instructs concerning the kingdom of heaven, teaches about himself, about God, about salvation, about us. He gives instruction about faith, about the law, about prayer. And Mary sat at his feet there, listening attentively, growing in understanding and growing in her love for her Savior and in gratitude for his work. And that's how it ought to be with us too, right? Listening to the Son of God who is the way, the truth, and the life. Especially today in a world which has lost its way, which doesn't know what the truth is anymore. Puts, his, puts its own to death in the womb already. Right, and, and rightly discourages smoking, but at the same time legalizes the recreational use of mind-altering drugs. 
But Jesus is wisdom from God. He gives us wisdom from above. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's what he's about. He gives the good news, the truth in a world awash with fake news and stuck in a lot of foolishness. And Jesus does that through the proclamation and the reading and the study of the word of God inspired by his spirit. So if you want the truth and you want wisdom for life, you need to sit at Jesus' feet today too. Be where the word is opened. Open it yourself. And you need to pray, Lord, make me a good student of yours. Open my mind and my heart. And congregation, I believe that sitting at Jesus' feet points to three things, actually. In the first place, humble submission. Humble submission. The student submits to the teacher's instruction. The teacher teaches, the student submits and listens and learns from the teacher. And as teacher, Jesus is completely authoritative and reliable. His word is authoritative and reliable for your life. My feelings and my will and my preferences, on the other hand, are not authoritative and reliable. They're affected by sin. So I need to submit to this word. I can't just brush what the word of God says aside by saying, as so many do today, well, that was for then, but it doesn't apply to now. In our modern culture, that approach sadly empties the Bible of its authority. It robs the Lord Jesus of his authority. Nowadays, schools teach students to question everything. And questioning is okay, but question everything? What do you think about that? Can it really be true? Especially the Bible then, in the light of science. It's impossible that God made this world in six days. Not possible. Scientifically, there's other explanations. Congregation, the Bible is the gospel truth from which God has never been proven wrong. And if there's anything in it that's hard to understand, then it's not the Bible's fault, but it's our fault. Our minds just can't grasp and fathom its wisdom yet. And that wisdom is something we have to work at absorbing so that we can keep growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, young people, please take this Again, as a commercial for being part of Bible study here. Also studying the Reformed Confessions. Because in that way we build on what has been discovered in Scripture by our brothers and sisters in Christ in the past. We don't need to rediscover that, reinvent the wheel. No, we can build on it. And the second thing, I mentioned three things that you can see in the fact that she sat at his feet. The second thing we're taught by that expression is that believers are students. You're a student forever. Students at school today understand they just can't opt in and out of school whenever they want. 
You need to be in school every day that there's school. Otherwise, there's going to be gaps in your understanding and things become confusing for you. Students are expected to be in class regularly, faithfully, to build on what's taught to them before. And we all forget things and we need to review them again and again. We remain students of our Lord's instruction for life. You're students for life. Students of the Lord Jesus Christ for life. So sit at his feet Sunday after Sunday, day after day until you leave this life. And you can know the things he teaches with your head, but it has to also penetrate your heart. Knowing that you're a sinner isn't necessarily a humbling and despising of yourself because of your sins. And knowing that you belong to Jesus Christ isn't necessarily experiencing the comfort and joy there is in that. And knowing what the Lord asks of you doesn't automatically become a desire and a delight to do His will. No, we all need to keep hearing the Lord's teaching so that via that continued hearing, the Spirit can reach deep into our hearts. And as student of the Lord and His Word, we, He continually then shows you new things too. The more you know about the Savior and His work from the Bible, the more you know you don't know. The more you realize there is to learn. We so easily figure, ah, we, we, know, we know enough, and then there's little interest in growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it, it doesn't take much for the evil one to lead us into sinful and false ways. But the better we know Jesus' teaching in the Word the more we stand firm and we're able to resist the wiles of the evil one. So let's be students for life at Jesus' feet. Jesus said in the text, Martha, to Martha, Mary is the one that chose the good part. And the third thing, I mentioned three things, the third thing that sitting at Jesus' feet shows is, is rest. When you sit listening to someone teaching you, you have to sit quietly. You take the time to absorb in all stillness what's being said. And that's also how you sit under the, the proclamation of the Word of God. But also at home when the Word of the Lord is opened at table, boys and girls. Then you sit quiet and take in what your mom and dad is reading from the Bible. You take in what the Lord is saying. And, not, and then not looking at the clock, brothers and sisters either, because there's so much to do, but taking the time restfully, taking the time. No part is better in life. Nothing is more important in your day than to sit at the feet of your Savior and teacher, Jesus Christ. And we come to the third part of the sermon now. Jesus in us. Congregation, the Lord Jesus says that Mary chose the good part, and by now you know what that good part is, right? That's knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, growing in Him, growing in the relationship with Him, God's Son, who in love gave Himself for you. He rose from the dead, 
And he ascended into heaven from where he sends his spirit to work in those whom the Father gave him already from before the foundation of the word, the world. The good portion, the good part, is to take the time on Sundays as well as throughout the week to be instructed by him. There's no more important place than to be at his feet with open mind and heart. And then you understand him. Then you grow in him. Then you grow closer to him. Then he becomes a reality in how you live in your life. And that's the good part Mary chose. A living, growing relationship with the Lord, with her Lord and Savior. She learned to know and to love Jesus as her Savior. She was growing in that. Think of how she later anointed his feet, as we read, and wiped them with her hair because she, of all people, understood well how he was going to give himself up to death for his people. She knew. That love for Jesus and that understanding of his work can only be given and grow today by sitting at Jesus' feet. Living faith is worked by His Spirit through the Word as we've confessed from the Bible, Lord's Day 25 of the Catechism. Learning and listening to the Gospel and learning every Sunday, being busy with it in your devotions at home, listening carefully in Catechism classes, students, now that, that you are being instructed again and, and doing those things prayerfully asking the Spirit to strengthen and grow in your relationship with the Lord. That relationship is the one thing that's absolutely necessary for your life, for your eternal life. I read somewhere that Luther once told a believing shoemaker that if someone asked him what he did for a living, he should say, well, I'm on the way to heaven, and on the way I repair a few shoes. That's something that we can take to heart too. I'm on the way to heaven and on the way there I do some farming, I do housekeeping, I do trucking, auto repair, teaching, landscaping, but I'm on the way to heaven. That's the main thing. One thing is absolutely necessary in life, to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the rest is really actually secondary see it that way no matter how important our minds or the culture or the media today make it all seem life here is something like being on a cruise ship on the ocean all kinds of things to do on that ship all kinds of things to be busy with and keep you entertained but if that ship hits an iceberg and springs a big leak like the titanic there's only one thing you need a lifeboat and you see if you live this life as if you're enjoying yourself on a cruise ship like that you can be busy with all kinds of pleasant and interesting things or maybe even worried about many things until you come to realize that this ship has a big hole in it and this ship is sinking it's going down and that hole you see came in this ship in humanity's ship in paradise with the fall and then we're, that means we're all on a sinking ship here in this life. And now Jesus comes to you in the word. 
And he teaches us that we're on a ship that has this hole in it because of the fall. Otherwise, we wouldn't even know it. And he warns over and over in his word, this ship is going under. And he teaches us the one thing that's needed, his redemption. The relationship with him. He is the lifeboat who alone can save from eternal descent into the depths of darkness. So listen to him. Sit at his feet. Embrace him in living faith congregation while there's still time. Grow in your relationship with him. Mary chose the good part. And he knows. No doubt Martha was a believer too. Jesus also loved her. But she, Martha needed a reset in order to realize again, yeah, I'm so busy with other things. There's one thing that I really need. I ought to sit at Jesus' feet while he's teaching. And that's why Jesus called her to order Martha, Martha. It's always a struggle for us to keep that one thing that's needed in mind, to choose the good part like Mary did at the time. All the busyness of life, family, work, and vacation, and so on. So, congregation, let's take the time to faithfully sit at Jesus' feet here, above all. Every Sunday again, take the time to do that at home too. Open the word and encourage each other to keep choosing the good part. That growing in the relationship with Jesus Christ, who alone can save. Amen.